This episode of the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast is brought to you by the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. Tune in for the latest video game news and discussions covering all platforms and genres. Search for Midwest Game Nerds in iTunes and subscribe today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Willie. I'm Amy. Today we're going to talk about some film news, and then we're going to go into a full review of David Robert Mitchell's It Follows. Before we get to all that, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you can write all of your feedback about the show or anything that we talk about. Find our show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and on MidwestFilmNerds.com where you'll also find full show notes for all 119 previous plus bonus episodes uh, at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter is where you can talk to us on those places. Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook and Vine. And uh, finally, 248-7335-MFN, which is 248-7335-636. Give, vo- give us a call, leave us a voicemail. We might play it on the show and talk about it. Uh, f- subscribe to the Midwest Game Nerds. We're going to have another episode out this weekend where we talk about Battlefield Hardline and Grand Theft Auto Online Heists. Mm. So, on Sweet. to... Film news. Um, first topic, X-Files is coming back for a six-part limited series on Fox. Both Gillian uh, Anderson and Dave, David Duchovny are returning, and show creator and executive producer Chris Carter will also return. Uh, was anybody here a big X-Files fan? No. no. I enjoy the X-Files. Rick and I were on a bit of an X-Files marathon for a while. Yeah, I remember you I've always you were, wanted to see it, but I have never seen it. It feels like such a big commitment that I've never sat down and started to watch it. But I know that it's been a bit of an incubator for pretty pretty big showrunner names nowadays. Homeland and uh, Breaking Bad. Are both. I would say it seems daunting unless every single person who likes X-Files that I've talked to has always said to stop at season four. Five, I think. Stop really? after season five. Everyone. I've never heard anybody say, yeah, push through. It gets pretty good when Robert Patrick takes over. How do they feel about the movies? Do you know? I think everyone kind of hates the movies. Okay. I think it's season five. It's either season five or six. There's like, there's like a clear point where you, can, where you can stop watching, but the show kept going. Interesting. Well, I wish we had somebody who was like a big X-Files fan to see if they were actually excited about the fact that we're going to get more. Should we call Tim real quick? I think it's a pretty sweet show. Yeah. I, I think Speakerphone? I'd be, I'd be down to see it come back in like a more... To see if maybe they can weave it into like the modern world a little bit, yeah, because it's a ve- it's definitely a product of like its time. Well, Chris Carter was like the world's only gotten weirder since we've been off right. the air, so you know, I think it's, it, there's a pretty think, good yeah. way to br- to tie it in. And I don't I don't think like movies furries and <laughs> I don't think movies were ever the <laughs> That's way you want you first to do it. Yeah, now we really have to call Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more a fan of the spinoff Millennium. Starring Lance Not Nixon. Uh, the Lone Ranger? Lone Gunman? Lone Gunman? No. I'm, Lone I actually, I've never so seen Millennium either. I'm just being a smart ass. So is it going to be what you say it was a movie or they're going to do a it's television a six series? It's a six-part limited series. So okay. It's, it, it'll just be a TV show, but it'll be six episodes. Okay. Is it going to be on like regular TV? Yeah, it's going to be on Fox. Okay. That's, so. that's perfect. It, movies, I think, were a really bad choice for the X-Files. It works really well episodically. Yeah. I think you should. You would. You would really enjoy it. You should watch. I'm it. sure. Like I, my mom always loved X Files, and I was too it's young a lot at of the fun. time to really watch it. So I would like to go back and and, and check Mulder and Scully out. have a really classic dynamic. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, so it's a treat. I'll uh, I'll have to hop on that. I'm almost done with Parenthood, so I have like six episodes left. Getting so close. I chewed through 103 episodes of that show in a month and a week. About. So. Jesus Christ. So good. That's a lot. Yep. Now we know what Alex was doing in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so, next up. Uh, everybody's favorite way to raise money for a movie. Super Troopers 2 is looking for $2 million on Indiegogo. Uh, last time I checked, which is earlier today. This started today. Let me pull up the actual numbers here. Uh, how do we feel about this? I don't care. You don't care? Is, did, I'm noticing it, a trend in news today. You're yeah. not going to hear a lot from this. This side of the <laughs> did, did anybody? Did, does anybody like Super Troopers? Oh I, hell yeah! I've never seen Super Troopers, so I, I never the first, understood I it. The first one was funny. I think it's really funny. Never understood. I 
I don't think I really care about the second one. I probably no. see it, but I don't care. The time has passed. Yeah, if I mean, and like I said, I mean, I'm not a fan of the first one, but still, like, I even I can say, like, I think it's it's gone. Like, it's time to let it go. I think if they were going to make it a year, you know, a couple years after, it'd be one thing. Even five years after, that movie's old now. It's old. That's from like 2000. Those dudes don't even look the same anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so pulling it up on Indiegogo right at this moment, which is taking way too long. They are at seven hundred and forty thousand dollars, eight hundred or seven hundred forty eight hundred and eighty eight thousand. Well, they're at seven hundred forty thousand dollars. <laughs> How long has this been up? This has been up for like seven hours. Wow, that's impressive. It's Two million dollars. We're gonna make it. It's not a lot of money. No, they I didn't mean, make it in Veronica Mars' record time, but I think they're gonna hit it. Had I known about Veronica Mars, I would have donated money towards it as well. <laughs> That was the last big, great debate on our Pain and Gain episode, which we refer back to. Mm. One of Tim's favorite episodes. But, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I mean, if the, if the fans of Super Troopers want a subpar sequel that badly, then, hey, I say give it to them. That's true. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I don't, see any, I don't see any problem with it, but I'm just kind of like, yeah, this is... This is be late. careful what you wish for, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Be, well, yeah. be careful what you put your own money into. And be careful... Never mind. It's a whole other people don't be nobody's careful about what they put their money into nowadays. Like I don't know, that's a topic for game nerds, but everybody who pre orders a game and then the game is horrid. Yeah. Stop it. It's but. just it's still such a weird model for me to try to understand with making movies by just taking money from individuals it seems very very weird. Well and on some cases, like we haven't had at least on a grand scale, it's not like Zach Braff's movie never came out or Veronica Mars never came out. So it was very much like, here's my ten dollars to go see this movie, just ahead of time. It's it's interesting, and it makes it so they're that pre-ordering it's, a movie, basically. Basically, yeah. So I mean, I don't, I don't. It, it's weird. It's totally weird. But it I is really weird. I don't necessarily see anything bad about it yet until we get somebody who's like, I'm going to make a movie and they take X amount of money and then it never comes out. That's when it's bad. Or it's terrible. Like Even if it's terrible, like, like, like Amy said, like, or, or all of you, if there's some, if there are people out there that want to see super troopers too, movie's probably going to be horrid, but there might be fans out there that love it anyway. Yep. So they can have it. It's I cool. would kickstart the, the, the pest too. I would I would kickstart it for you. Yeah, good. I would donate just for that. you. Okay, good. Now that we got that off the docket, uh, <laughs> next up on the news, the Russo brothers are confirmed to direct Avengers: Infinity War parts one and two. We're going to do it back to back, of course, because the movies are coming out. I think a year apart, uh, twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen, and uh, so they will have a Marvel movie out every year starting after this one. What do you guys think about that? I don't know. I mean, it, it, on one hand, it makes a lot of sense. On the other hand, I'm like, hmm. I'm just, I guess, I mean, the, the Russos were, did a great job, I thought, with Winter Soldier. And I think they exceeded all expectations in terms of, I mean, how could you have expectations for them directing that kind of movie? So um, I'm, I'm excited because they put out one of the better action-oriented Marvel movies, if that makes any sense. Some yeah. of the best action. And I mean, I think... Infinity War is going to be a big fat mess of a movie. Let's be honest. It doesn't matter who's in charge of it. It's going to be like four hours of fighting mostly <laughs> because like you can't do. I mean, if it, if it's going to wind up being what everybody is hoping and praying it's going to be, then it's going to be like so many characters. It's going to. I mean, you can't balance all that. Nobody yeah. can. So stretching it into two movies, I think, will help. But on the other hand, I guess I'm a little bummed that it's not James Gunn mm. because he has such an eye for. For Galactic. Oh my yeah. goodness. I almost wish that the three of them were directing. Ooh. That'd be interesting. Like I almost wish I'd that James Gunn that. was doing anything involving Guardians and then they were doing and that they were hammering it out together, the three of them. What if the Russos did one and James Dunn? James I would Gunn I would like other? that. That'd be interesting. I would like that. But that's the, I mean, that'd be very complicated, I think, to organize something like <laughs> yeah. that. So I'm I'm down. I'm I'm excited. I like the Winter Soldier. So yeah. we'll see how they handle the real test will be Civil War because now it sounds like there's characters on characters on characters on characters. There might be more characters in Civil War than there are in Avengers 2, which is a problem for me. <laughs> but we'll see if they can balance that. Yeah. We'll see. Nick, feelings? I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I think they made one of the strongest Marvel movies and they did a great job balancing story and character and action. It definitely had some of the most memorable action. It had a, it had one of the only like good villains in the Marvel Universe. Uh 
Yeah, I think they they did a good job. Whether or not it's you know flash in the pan or not has yet to be yeah determined. So you know they they must have something good cooking for Marvel to go. There you go. Close out our uh, decades worth of work. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. Yeah. They're going to be busy too because, like, apparently they have a Ghostbusters movie that they might be doing something with. Didn't they just sign a deal with Sony yeah. to make like three movies for Sony too? Yep. Jesus and are they advising on Spider-Man? Supposedly, that was that's kind of good thing. There's two of them. I was just going to say <laughs> it's a good thing it's two people. Yeah. Amy, any thoughts? Russo hive mind. I'm in. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Captain America: Winter Soldier was really good. So yeah. If it's even half as good as that, I'll be happy. Father Russo sitting in a chair somewhere back home, like sending out signals <laughs> to his sons. Boy, left brain and right brain. Russo relay. <laughs> you guys ever notice that like every picture of the Russo brothers together, like one is good cop, one is bad cop. I don't know which one's which. I'll be honest, but like, <laughs> like if you if you ever notice that like the the shorter, stumpier one, it always looks really pissed off, and then the yes. other one looks like happy as hell. It's so funny. You're totally right. I saw a picture of them like two days ago, and I was like, yeah, one of them's like, really yeah, it's really funny. I've never noticed that. You'll have to look. I, I haven't looked at many pictures. Flip through their IMDb uh, okay. pictures. I will. Enjoy. You're like Joel and Ethel Cohen, Ethan Cohen, except both of them look angry. <laughs> never mind. It's not like that at all. All right. Uh, next up, Mission Impossible. The next uh, Mission Impossible has been titled, and a trailer has come out. It is titled Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. I just feel weird looking at Mission Impossible titles because the colon's never where it needs to be. That's right. You're right. It's always Mission Colon Impossible and then a subtitle. There should be two colons. Yeah. That'd be even funnier. They should just have as many colons as possible. Mission, mission colon, impossible, colon, rogue, colon, colon nation. nation. Underscore nation. <laughs> Power slash ranger. Mission dot impossible dot sexy. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yes. Uh, so we just watched the trailer uh, earlier. What do you guys think about the trailer, Nick? I think it's cool. I think the teaser was cooler. Yeah. Trailer. The trailer is uh, is not a very well-paced trailer. Mm. Um, the teasers were really good, though. When I saw the teaser, I was like, yes, can't wait. Did this get moved up to the summer officially? Uh, I don't know for sure. But it was originally like roughly Christmas time. Let me, let me take a I'm look. I'm pretty sure now it's been jumped up to. It's probably like late. Macquarie's directing, right? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a hell of a choice. Yeah, it's awesome. The action in the trailer is really good. Tom Cruise is, you know, he, he jumps back into those shoes effortlessly yeah he plays ethan hunt really well it's cool that he's got his crew disappointing he does not have paula Patton back at least yeah. not in the in huge the bummer huge bummer <laughs> that sucks uh because the crew from like the crew from ghost protocol was really good yeah they, they, all, all, they all gelled worked. really well it's yeah. interesting that because ving wasn't really in ghost protocol right no, not at all yeah, yeah like only in the ending. Yeah. so it's kind of cool that he's popping back in yeah because yeah. he was more of a of a presence in the first three um yeah, especially the first two yeah um, as long as John Woo doesn't come back, I'm cool. I mean, that's that's that thing that thing sticks out of the franchise like a sore thumb. It's it's rough. Moved up to July 31st, so it's like nice. the week after Ant Man. I think. I think this was on on my top ten anticipated. Yeah, I think it's like number nine or ten. Me too. If yeah, it I'm wasn't on it. It was at least another. I'm glad they've mission. got one big giant like Hallmark action sequence. They're already kind of teasing us with. It's pretty sweet. It's got a it's got a pretty uh, high bar to. Match yeah. the Burj Dubai secrets. I was I was Khalifa. iffy about watching the actual trailer because the stunts in Mission Impossible are always like a big thing. But you hear about them ahead of time, and there's always pictures anyway. So I was like, whatever. Yeah. But I I don't know. I'm excited. I think it looks like there's something about it. Like this is another one of those series similar to Fast to me that I think gets mm-hmm. better with every movie that's come out since like the starting with the third one with JJ. Yeah. Well, and I like I like how different they feel. Yeah, because I mean, if you watch the first three, they're totally different tonally. Like it's it's absurd how crazy. Yeah, I mean that that third one from is, each other. You mean? Yeah, from yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah. That yeah. third one is pretty dark and dreary. Like it's it's a rough. Yeah, it's a rough go. And then you have uh, Ghost Protocol, which came out, and it's kind of a celebration of all things awesome and Mission Impossible. So, and I think we're headed more towards four's direction again in this one. It seems a li- just from the trailer, it seems a little more. I guess low key than the fourth one because the fourth one was like awesome set piece after awesome set yeah. piece after awesome set piece, and I think that they might pull back from that a little bit and kind of go closer to three, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I think, and one of the other things that I really like about the franchise, which I hadn't actually watched any of them until shortly before Ghost Protocol came out, and I still skipped over two because screw that movie. But it's hilarious. It's and like I couldn't get more than twenty minutes into it, but um. 
they're very disciplined about it. We're not getting a Mission Impossible every other year, which is awesome. Like, it's really, really good that Tom Cruise kind of has the cachet to be like, let's take our time, let's find a director who cares, let's get a story that works. When did Ghost Protocol come out? Was it 11? That was 20, 20... That was the... December of 2011 because it had the teaser for The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It's already been that long. So it's like a good almost four years in between each one. is That's awesome. Not to mention it's kind of funny that like Tom Cruise basically does like a training ground film with each director that he wants in between each one because he did Jack Reacher. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Like it's it's a cool process he picks, where he he picks scripts and directors like nobody else. Like his track record for the last like ten fifteen years is just absolutely insane. Yeah, he just got hit after hit after hit after hit. Mm-hmm. Amy, you were in after like the first second. What did you What did you see in the trailer that you liked? Simon Pegg. Oh, okay. I am not a huge Tom Cruise fan, and I probably would not have seen this movie just out of principle. Have you seen the other ones? I have. I've seen them all. Oh. Yeah. What principle then would you have not seen it? <laughs> I, I do not like Tom Cruise at all. Okay. At, at all. Like, I think he's a little unhinged. I don't know. Something about yeah, him. Yeah, probably, but he's awesome. <laughs> Alex used to hate Tom Cruise. I used to hate him, and now I'm kind of like, eh. Nah. nah. Where did it change? Edge of Tomorrow. Oblivion. A little bit. Edge of Tomorrow. Oblivion did not change. Uh, I did like Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, I remember leaving both those movies. Now I was going. Ah, I kind of like Tom Cruise. I was though. like, I, I, no. After after Oblivion, I was like, I could have done with anybody other than Tom Cruise. You know, that's how I felt after Edge of Tomorrow. I really like the the movie and the basis of the movie. If they had swapped Tom Cruise out, I probably would have been super excited. About I have it. I have turned around. I am now like I can see Tom Cruise in these movies and not just be bothered that it's Tom Cruise. And that's why I really need to rewatch Oblivion. Have you but, watched Jack Reacher? Yeah, Jack Reacher was a lot of fun. Jack Reacher. It's all about Werner Herzog, though. Werner Herzog was amazing. (laughs) Oh, my God. A force to be reckoned with. (laughs) Him and Jai Courtney, best tag team. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Simon Pegg and Jeremy Renner, I'm in. Well, Werner Herzog. (laughs) What if he came back, too? What What if if Tom was like, oh, my God, I'm bringing both of you with me to the Mission Impossible show. (laughs) Werner Herzog just does a four-hour documentary on the making of Mission Impossible 5. And the whole time he's like, we made this film because it's great. <laughs> it's action. Tom has this intensity. <laughs> that is. Reminds me of Klaus. <laughs> I kind of hate him and love him at the exactly, same time. Yeah. Okay. And then finally, the biggest uh, news item, obviously, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going to produce and star in a new Fraggle Rock movie. Was anybody a Fraggle Rock person here? No. Oh, no. man. We're back to not caring. <laughs> we're all we're all just too young, I think. Even yeah. Willie and I. It's yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm a Eureka's Castle. If they, hey, if JGL's like, I'm making top. Eureka's Castle. I'm like, forget it. Yeah, I'm making my high budge. Oh man, Magellan. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Amy, do you care about Fraggle Rock? I don't even remember what that is. I know that I know what that is, but I'm excited because it means there's more Henson stuff coming into okay, the world. No, that's so cool. it is puppets then. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's what I thought. That's cool. I, I, mean, I actually am really excited if it keeps him away from Sandman. <laughs> it's not going to. I don't think it will. But what if this is know. a Sandman film? <laughs> the shooting title's Fraggle Rock. <laughs> if DC says we want to move move forward anyway on that, and he's like, "Oh, sorry guys, I got Fraggle Rock," I'm gonna go hell yes. I would assume he would drop Fraggle Rock sooner than he would drop. Sandman. I don't know. I'm not assuming anything about that guy's career. Huh? We'll see. He kind of just I'm does just, whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. He's not a good fit for Sandman. Okay. He may be a good fit for Fraggle Rock. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think you know. I think you're right about the Jim Henson thing, though. I think that's very cool. Yeah, it seems like it's. It sounds like a similar approach to what they did with the Muppets and Jason Siegel the yep. first time around. I'm sure they'll find somebody music wise that'll hop on and mm-hmm. and want to help. Right? There was a uh, Ben like the last Ben Folds Five music video that came out for their album in 2012. They did at Henson Studios and had all the Fraggles in it. So if Ben Folds starts playing down. music for be, Fraggle Rock. That'd be cool. I'm so down, but what if it's Fraggle Rock? What if it's a rock opera? Fraggle Rock opera? Oh if, if it was a Ben Folds pen Fraggle, Fraggle rock, rock of Ages? Fraggle Rock opera? I'd be so down. <laughs> what but... if The Rock is in it? 
That'd be amazing. Then Tim would be so down. What if it's just a remake of Mark Wahlberg's Rockstar with puppets and stuff? We'll go as long as they can get Zach Wilde back. You mean Fraggle Rockstar? I'm going to go take a piss. <laughs> Fraggle Rockstar? Yeah, Fraggle Rockstar, absolutely. Yep. Okay. Well, enough of that. That's up for that's it for news. I think. Maybe it's rock and roller too. The law, the law, <laughs> fraggle, rock and fraggle rock and roller. What else can we come up with? Fraggle the rock. Welcome to Fraggle the rock. Fraggle Rocky. Fraggle Rocky Balboa. Ooh. I think we just made their marketing campaign for them. Yeah, <laughs> she used posters that already exist. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's it for news. Fraggle Rocketeer. Okay. Oh, <laughs> let's go. We can move Nailed on. It. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. Uh, we will start with our review of David Robert Mitchell's It Follows. The IMDb synopsis says, after a young girl gets involved in a sexual confrontation, she is followed by an unknown force. Sexual confrontation. Yeah, that doesn't... Wow. That, see, when I read that synopsis before I went and saw it, I was like, oh, she's going to get raped, clearly. like That's what that sounds like to me, yeah. is sexual confrontation. <laughs> Like, like it's not a good. I don't synopsis. think I've ever heard those two words together. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. a good synopsis. It doesn't, it doesn't. I don't know. Whatever. This movie yeah. stars Micah Monroe, who is also in the guest, and uh, and a bunch of other people as well. That nobody who's super big, as far as I know, right? No, no mm-hmm. other big names. Um. So, uh, David Robert Mitchell is actually a Detroit native, and the movie was shot here. A lot of it, anyway. Most of it. It takes place here. It takes place in Detroit, and uh, it feels like a movie that we should probably review on the Midwest Film Nerds podcast that is headquartered in Detroit. Not to mention, like the buzz on this movie was huge. I was going to say I've I've been on um, a couple of like horror forums that I pop on every once in a while, and like people are really bummed that it's not in their city. So I think it's cool to review it before people get a chance to check it out. Yeah. So originally it was going to be out on demand this Friday, but the buzz has been so big and it's done so well that it got picked up for a wide release this Friday. Yeah, That's it'll be funny. out in uh, in a thousand on a thousand screens. <laughs> Good so, to see. Yeah. Um, so check it out when it gets there. But Nick, how did you feel about it? Follows. Uh, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I think. Did it follow you out of the theater? Yeah, I mean, I I thought about it a little bit afterwards. I thought about the things that I enjoyed and some of the creep creep factors of it were pretty solid. Uh, just real quick, the the prose it's pretty pretty well directed. <coughs> excuse me, pretty well directed. Uh, it's got some pretty interesting shots and some pretty interesting gimmicks that sometimes get used a little bit too much, but overall I enjoy. Uh, the soundtrack is terrific. Um, some of the scares are really good. The cast is all pretty good, and it feels at times kind of like a '80s Goonies type thing with yeah. a group of like young people banding together against something the adults don't be- won't believe in, kind yeah. of. And uh, I kind of wish it had run a little bit more with that feeling. It kind of go- starts going there, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" And then it kind of stops, and I was like, "Oh, all right, well, it doesn't really stop." I don't know. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. In a few minutes. Spoiler, <laughs> uh, Spoiler for the review. Later. Lots of lots of cool locations. It was really cool to see a ton of stuff that was really familiar. But anybody who's not from this state isn't going to care about that. I was a little bit... It took me out of it to see Clark's on screen. I like was going to say. The establishing shot of Clark's, which is an ice cream store. Uh, uh, um, it's. It was very... It took me back. But then I was like, wow, this is actually pretty awesome. Like I, I enjoyed it, but <laughs> it didn't take me out of it until the whole theater went. Oh, did she see? <laughs> like everybody, everybody was like, "Oh, that's." A-. And some lady super delayed reaction. It was like the shot had well been on the screen, and she went, "Oh, Clark's. yeah, yeah." And I was like, "Oh man, you guys were not at a drive-in movie." <laughs> um, we should have just started clapping. The area, the neighborhood that the that the family lives in looks exactly like the neighborhood the suburb i grew up in yeah exactly there's even a house that they walk by and there's like a lingering shot at it, and i was like i swear to god i know where that is it was really cool like that that looks exact it's a very distinct like look of like michigan suburb yeah it's really sweet so that was kind of cool but overall it's pretty it's pretty solid i don't know if this guy's gonna make any other good movies though it's hard to tell like yeah this is his third feature i think third or second or third feature um. Yeah, he did Ella Walks the Beach and The Myth of the American Sleepover. Neither of which I've seen. Oh. It's um. So. It's kind of ugly at times. The way the movie shot. There's some scenes that was kind of like. Mm. 
could have done a little bit better. But there are some things in it that are cool that stand out a little bit. Uh, they, I think they do well with what they have for sure. And it feels consistent. There were never scenes where I was like, wow, that's where all their money went. Or scenes where I was like, yikes, could have used a little more time on that one. Yeah. It feels very consistent. The pacing is a little weird too. It kind of starts to drag. And the climax is kind of unsatisfactory. And the ending is, I think, largely unsatisfactory for a lot of people. I didn't mind it so much because, honestly, I can't think of any other way to end this movie without it either... There's no good ending to this movie. There's either what you got or varying degrees of worse. <laughs> so <laughs> I think they settled on the right one. Okay. I don't think there'd be a way to end this that would be like, oh, that's great. Unless there was something totally original and weird. But it felt like it was starting to get too, starting to fall too much into the tropes at that point. So okay. anyway, it's solid. Willie, as the bigger horror aficionado. The, uh, biggest. the biggest horror aficionado on the podcast. What did you think of It Follows? Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I did. Um, I, I think a huge part of what sucked me into the movie is the fact that it does feel so Michigan and it's, I haven't felt like a movie takes place in my neighborhood since like Robocop 2014. Yeah. That that really captured the, um, since probably the original Halloween (laughs) and this, I get a lot of Halloween vibes from this movie from the original. I know you haven't seen it still, which is unbelievable to me. But um, we'll get to that. Don't worry. Um, everybody write in right now and tell Alex we're reviewing that next. Alex's shame corner. So, his shame cave. <laughs> um, so that was really cool. And, and I, I agree with the Clarks thing. I think seeing like very specific landmarks can kind of pull you out of it because you're like, wait, I know those people don't work there. Like, I've been in there not that long ago. I know. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, uh, but seeing uh, he, he, he shoots... Michigan stuff and there's a lot of shots here that were like it lingers on something or it just the edit cuts to something and you're like why did it cut to that house like what is, and I is, is it is it good no but I think it's kind of cool because he clearly loves Michigan and wants to show it off and show off its uniqueness because Michigan is a very unique state I, I mm-hmm. think uh, I, anywhere else in the Midwest is, is is different enough from Michigan to be its own thing. So I love the shots of squirrels. Like I don't know, it just instantly puts you in Michigan. Like oh yeah, this the early scene when she's in the pool. It's initially I was like oh my god. <laughs> I feel like I'm in my backyard right now. That is now. a great yeah. summation of Michigan in the summer. It's very cool. He, he leaves he, and nasty shit in the pool. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You're like screw it, I'm getting in anyway. Squirrel going by in the telephone pole. Yeah. Yep. Totally. <laughs> So it's got a. Yep. It's it's very. No, no, cool. I said out loud doesn't sound that good, does it? <laughs> it's very cool though. It it really does. As somebody who's lived here most of my life, it it really sucks you in, and you're like, whoa. I I instantly feel comfortable, and then very uncomfortable because he's taking something that feels safe and then making it feel not safe. I love. I mean, even even the the concepts of we're going up north. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like yeah. that's a very Michigan thing. Yep. Or the uh, the idea of going into the city being a, a scary adventure. You know, I mean, that's part of kind of growing up in the Metro Detroit area. So I, I dug that. I really dug that. In terms of the, the, the horror, I thought um, the the idea that something is is constantly following you is horrifying. Yeah. The idea that you could fly across the globe and it's still there, it's somewhere and it's still making its way towards you. It's a pretty spooky feeling. Sure. Um not being able to escape something like that. It's it's very spooky. And I like that. I love I love in horror movies when the they do a really good job in this of of not showing and not telling, which mm-hmm. is tricky because you have to walk a fine line with horror. You can either go the the gory, nasty route and try and gross everybody out and show them everything. Or you can kind of go the Jaws route where you don't show a lot and you build that suspense and that fear because of playing with somebody's imagination, which is always scarier. But he kind of does both or doesn't do both. Like he doesn't do either one of those things. And I kind of dig it. It works. Like he manages to, um, to not show you the, the monster or whatever. You don't even know what it is. You yeah. don't know how, you don't know how it started. You don't know, why it does what it does, you don't know what it's really doing. I, I, so it's I love the mystery of that, and I I know if this makes the money that it sounds like it's probably going to wind up making with all this hype, they'll make a sequel and they'll try to explain it and they'll ruin the whole thing. So <laughs> we'll see. Actually, the, a prequel to this, I would not mind at all. I'd be down with a prequel that led directly up to that would be really really sweet where actually. this film starts. Yeah. 
Whoa. But I'd still be worried about them explaining everything. Wow. Yeah, there can be no explanation. It shouldn't be. Um, they just, just need to come up with new and interesting set pieces that involve being followed by mm-hmm. the entity. There, there is definitely a lot of room to explore. There is. There's a lot of very cool stuff. I mean, I there were there were moments in this where I, I'm a there's there's scenes that take place near water, and that instantly got my skin crawling because mm-hmm. I was like, does mm-hmm. this. Does this motherfucker walk under the ocean? Like, does this dude walk across the bottom of the ocean? Like, that's spooky as hell to me. So there's there's a lot of there's a dog paddle. Yeah, okay, I'm I'm coming. Can we? Um, I'm following. So I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. I it does overstay its welcome. I definitely and I think it's that's less about the runtime because the runtime's not that overly. It's like lengthy. Uh, 100 minutes, hour 40. It's pretty standard horror movie length, um, mm. if not a little bit longer. But um, it's it's a pacing issue, and I think you guys definitely, or Nick definitely, you know, hit on that. Um, I, it, it, it's, it goes, there's too many endings almost. Like, there's too many points when I feel like I could have ended. And to be honest, there's a point when I just wish it would have ended and been, like, a solid 15 minutes shorter, and I would have been totally cool with it. Like... Yeah, the movie has very unclear act structure, I think. Like, act one is pretty clear-cut. Pretty defined. After that, it's just kind of a amorphous blob rolling through the theater. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, and I've got some specific issues with some of the some of the characters and, and uh, here and there, but we'll get into that. I don't want to say too much. Yeah. But uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. It's nice to see not only an original, interesting horror film that actually has legitimate hype behind it for once because the horror genre has not been in a good place for a while i mean we've gotten a few gems here and there cabin in the woods uh and evil dead remake was really cool but they're yeah we've been we've been missing out on on some of this more cerebral getting your head stuff and and that kind of just the concept of of this the overall idea that you're being constantly pursued so i i, I dug it it's got some issues, but anybody who's a who's a fan of horror who wants to like take their girlfriend to the theater and get clung to, it's probably a good call. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Amy, you didn't see the movie, but you watched the trailer. What'd you think? Had good pacing, and I liked the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a solid trailer, actually. Yeah, the trailer looked decent. I'm not a big horror movie person, so I don't know if I'd still go see it. That's too bad. But it uh it's definitely worth seeing it it did make me want to see it more than when you guys described it to me yeah so i don't know i'm a little bit interested we'll see you would have squealed at the sight of clarks in the theater for sure. <laughs> oh my god we're going afterwards tonight aren't we <laughs> I, I think so actually okay good um, stay tuned to our instagram for maybe a possible clarks photo that's yes. probably yeah, that might happen um yeah i enjoyed the movie um but I did kind of ultimately feel a little bit unsatisfied with it, and we can get into that a little bit in spoilerary. But the cerebral, heady kind of horror films are definitely the ones that I am more um, more attuned to. They're the ones that I really end up respecting more so than here is jump scare after jump scare after jump scare that to me is really boring, and I don't really care to watch that much. But um, I love the soundtrack to this movie and we should say the soundtrack's done by a guy who did the soundtrack for a game called fez which is a fantastic game but somewhere hear, rick's ears perked up yeah rick and rick's fez. rick's ears are burning fez, now fez, fez, fez. but um <laughs> the soundtrack to this movie is so unique and it's so interesting to see it in a movie like this and and it just works. it works quite a bit and then also, it was really entertaining to me to kind of think of the soundtrack of Fez and then hear this one and see how much darkness he incorporates in this. Because a lot of the like a lot of the sounds, a lot of the songs that I like on Fez have like a little bit of a touch of darkness to them. And then to hear them kind of be fully fleshed out on this soundtrack is beautiful. So I'm going to be buying it on his website very shortly. But uh, as you as as Nick said, I think the cast does does a pretty great job, and and a lot of them seem like uh, you know relative unknowns and and maybe some newcomers, so that's good. And there were a lot of really cool and interesting shots, a lot of not necessarily even long takes, like they are long takes, but just these these weird three sixty like shots that kind of unwind a little bit. And I think that does like a lot of the directorial choices that that David Robert Mitchell makes. I think do a lot to in, in, uh, inform the unsettling nature of the film. So so I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, 
But yeah, I really don't have too many complaints uh, other than some of the stuff that I'm going to get into in Spoiler Terry. But uh, no, I think this is definitely something that you should check out when it comes near you. If you're not in one of the thousands uh, theaters, if you're not near one of those thousand theaters that it's going to be opening in this weekend, I'm sure it's going to be on video demand sooner after than, you know, I don't think they're going to completely forego the video on demand until... It gets released on home media. I would assume it'll hit that sooner. But a lot of these smaller horror movies are are jumping. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, jumping on the on demand thing. It yeah, seems the, like I think the Babadook and, and mm-hmm. like there were there were a lot of smaller ones that kind of have. Yeah, I think it's a good outlet for them. Yeah, that's, I do. That's one that I wish we would have watched. I wish we would have gotten some time to watch the Babadook because I heard nothing but amazing. It's not too late about it. Yeah. So so. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's it for the non spoiler section of the show. Any final thoughts? Um, no, I go see it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think it's totally worth it. If you, if you want, honestly, probably the truest portrayal of, of what it's like in Michigan on screen. That's, that's it. So go I'm check it out. I'm super interested for any of our non-Michigander uh, listeners to go and see it. And, and I want, I want to know if they kind of feel like it's an aesthetic that they don't see much of. Like, does it feel like it's a different kind of city than what you normally see in movies? Do I you? felt like it, but. I thought so too, but I, I just want to know if that came across to people that don't live here, you know. Um, so yeah, all right, we're gonna go to spoiler Terry, and we'll be right back. Here we are in spoiler Terry for it follows. Um, I don't know if anybody has anything particularly particular that they want to begin with. Yes. Yeah, Willie. What do you want to talk about? Um, I sexual confrontation. Confrontations. <laughs> Let me tell you about my sexual confrontations, boys and girls. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, they weren't like sure, this we've one. Got two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Dick. Ouch. Um, hey, hey, hey. Oi, oi. What was I going to say? Uh, not since Pain and Gain have you heard such animosity on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We really reached a new level, a, re- a new low. He's <laughs> um, getting heated. Sleeves are rolled up. <laughs> <laughs> it's fighting time. No, I will say some of the characters are kind of wonky to me, like their motivations and their decisions. Mm. I have a hard time buying either one of those guys going, yeah, sure, I'll sacrifice myself. Like, like normally I would say that the older guy, the one with the long hair, like he did it because he didn't buy into it, but he saw the, sh- <laughs> he saw the shit happen on the beach up North. Yeah. So like, you know, something's going on, but on the other hand, I mean, from, from their standpoint, from his standpoint, especially he was just getting shot at. He didn't really see what went on except the door. Didn't like he see the, her get tugged by the hair? No, he did not. He All was, right, so he the first one. But the, the second but, one? But what, I'm, what I, what I, what I kind of wanted to get to, I can almost kind of understand it in the sense that, like, yeah, these guys don't actually see the mon- like the it. And uh, I feel like teenage boys would totally be like, yes, I'll sleep with you to get rid of this monster. Then they me. are the dumbest people on the planet. No, I'm sorry. A lot of teenage boys are real dumb. <laughs> I... I I was a teenage boy like anybody else. Believe me, I know. I know. I know the uh, the feeling of having a, a, a crush that is not, you know, yeah, 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 reciprocated. But I would not sleep with that person. If I had seen some of the things that we think they saw, there's no <laughs> we way. We know they saw, but the second the second kid, literally, he shot it in the head. Paul, like, it was Paul clear knew for sure. Yeah. Paul knew it was up. Anyway, oh. so that was a little wonky. Uh, yeah. the, the second thing, and I I can forgive it a little bit because it's just kind of the. The norm with these movies, you have to to put the the children in peril. The parents have to be a little bit absent. These parents are pretty absent, and you do get a comment from I don't remember the guy's name with the longer hair that lives across the street. Greg, I think. Greg. Okay. Greg, Greg makes a comment that to uh, a girl that's in his car. That. I was going to say that in the theater, but I didn't. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Greg makes a comment to a girl that's in his car about how they're kind of messed up over there. So you kind of get the vibe that maybe there's a weird family stuff, something going on. There's always kids hanging out over there. Dad's dead. Mom's always working kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying that it's totally unfounded, but it's a little, there's some moments where I'm like, where are your mom and dad? Yeah. Like, like where are your parents? (laughs) Somebody be responsible here. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, (laughs) 
Uh, and how, then, how old were they supposed to be? Because I, I thought I remembered one of them saying something about being 21. Yeah. I think I think the main girl was definitely 21, but I could see her sister being like 20 or 19. She seemed the 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 main the lead seemed like she was in community college, like yeah. that kind of age yep. range. And with the the long-haired guy who seemed a little bit older. Yep. Okay, yeah. And then Oh yeah, they were definitely at college. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were taking college classes. That was OCC, wasn't it? One of the campuses that they were shooting Maybe. at. I think I it was. Um so they were in college. I think that yeah, the younger sister was the younger sister and the other girl, I think, were younger. That's the vibe I, I got. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I like all the characters. I just sometimes there's motivations. It's tricky with horror movies because when you're doing something that's a little more tongue-in-cheek, like a like a Leprechaun <laughs> teaser, um, <laughs> when you're doing something like that, it, you don't care about character motivations. Like, it's, yeah. it's funny. Like, they're going to be stupid. I mean, it... But in this one, it's definitely tape playing it very straight and taking itself pretty seriously. So it's a little less; it's harder you to forgive. For, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, nobody does anything completely absurd, but uh, well, yeah. There's maybe okay, maybe a little bit. I, but anyway, the, the pool ideas are really, really dumb strategy. It's super stupid, but, but. It, that I can buy. Like that, I can buy. Like like a. a an 18, 19-year-old kid coming up with, like, oh, maybe we can electrocute it. Like, I mean, it's really stupid. <laughs> but what else are you going to do at this point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was I really wanted the movie to end when she goes in the room and sees Greg getting attacked by his mom. <laughs> like, that. Like I wanted, I wanted him dead on the floor and her to turn around and that motherfucker to be standing right there and that would be the end of the movie. That would have been baller as hell. I would have been... That would have been because then you get your quick cut, oh my god, it's still out there ending, but you don't have that weird like kind of epilogue that you get from the the way the the current film we have. I I don't know. Or or I would have preferred maybe more of a a carpenter esque ending where you're less I I guess it doesn't like straight up say that is the thing following them. It doesn't say I mean, you don't necessarily know. It could just be somebody walking down the street. But I would have liked for them to have made that maybe a little more you know what I mean? Like a little more uh, vague. Ambiguous. Cause it, yeah, ambiguous. Thank you. Because it, it felt a little bit like that's the thing following. To me, it did. They didn't say it, but that's how I took it. I would have liked for them to have been kind of looking over their shoulders almost. Like that moment of like, we don't actually know if we're safe. I, I would have liked something, some sort of recognition from the characters of like, there's a good chance this thing is going to come back at some point. We don't know how it works. Maybe we killed it. Maybe we put it out of commission for a few years. You know, like I, I, I would have liked more of that open-ended, really leave you f- leaving the theater thinking, "Wow, if I hook up with a girl at a bar tonight, am I gonna be like I love like seriously?" That's the kind of feeling that I wanted to walk out with, and I didn't quite get that from it. Yeah. You know, so okay, Nick, any any particular thoughts, thoughts? I, I'm really surprised they didn't pull out Google Maps on their phone and say how long would it take to walk to where we are now, and like try to use like a timer. To like say how much time do we have like in between? Well, it would have been it would have been kind of kick ass. It would have been kind of sweet. I think if the movie had like if the last like ten minutes or something had been like ten years later and she has not passed it on and she's just managing this thing because I think it would have it would have like pushed the STD allegory even further and been more hilarious. Like coping with gonorrhea, (laughs) like coping (laughs) with your stalking supernatural predator that follows you everywhere. Yeah, because. On the IMDb trivia, it says he came up with this idea after having like a dream that there's something always following you. Okay, but like the tying it into sex is very that's intentional in yeah. some way. Absolutely, and I, I want to know what because horror movies have classically had this message of like sluts get murdered, yeah. virgins don't, and in this one, it's like. You were a slut. You are punished. Be a slut more to undo being a slut. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Well, yeah, I don't think they're going with the moral thing that a lot of those slasher movies used to go with. No, it's not. I, but it's, but just, there's, it's, it's, a, it's really, really weird. Well, it's, it's, like, it's like a monkey's paw. But like. It almost is. It's, it's one of the – I don't know. It's, it's, I like it because, I, I, like, once again, I love – I mean, we all think about sex. We all hopefully are having sex or, or maybe. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, like, Kids, I hope you're not having sex. Talk to your parents. Don't, I, I don't mean, do the people at this table. Home, unlike the ones in this um, movie. <laughs> you know, but it's something we think about, and it's something that uh, that is constantly around us and something that people are doing all the time and oftentimes doing it not safely and with strangers. And, I mean, this stuff, this stuff still goes on. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's that... 
when, like I said, when you walk out of the theater, if, you, if you're a single guy or a girl, you should be like, oh, my God. Like, I'm not going to be able to have sex for a while. Like, this is, is <laughs> yeah. going to be a problem, you know. I Does was, for vaginas what Jaws did for the ocean. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I was, I was wondering about it a little bit more in terms of, like, the Godzilla sense of, like, Godzilla was about the nuclear terror and the nuclear threat. Like, what, what in those broader terms could it be? Because I feel like the STD thing's a little on the nose, but... I agree. It's kind of what it is. Like, there's no no way about it. So I, I, yeah, it's it's I, just weird. Uh, it doesn't bother me. I just find it interesting. No, yeah, I agree. Like, I, I very much like if we had gone because the director did a Q and A two nights in a row this weekend, and we could make it out to it. But it would have been nice to kind of pick his brain about that or hear other people do it. So I mean, I think it's infinitely more interesting than what the genre trope would have been, which would have been like. Her waking up tied up and him doing having like a pentagram painted or around like you her. You moved into ex- this house now. Yeah, it's marked like the, you. that guy. That's yeah. been done before. And I'm not saying that the 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 horror STD allegory thing hasn't been done before because it has. I mean, teeth. But yeah. but um, I, it was this le- to me. This leaves more of a mystery because I mean, you already don't know really anything about this force. It doesn't have a name. It doesn't have a face. You know. So to add to that, that you really like. It clearly has something to do with sex, but why? Like, why does that need to be the trigger? I, I think it's interesting. It's cool, too, that it. I love the the idea that even once you get rid of it, you're never rid of it. Like, just because you spread it, you've still got it. It could just leap back up the chain. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Because if she, if she had just, like, I was laughing at that scene when Paul's cruising by the whores, and he's yep. kind of, like, thinking about it. And I was like, dude, those bitches will be dead in six hours, and then they're going to come back to you anyway. Like, it, you have to... If that guy didn't give her that pep talk, she would probably just have died. And now so, there, there's an ending right I, there. I wonder, I wonder if like there were other characters, like if there was somebody twelve people ago who didn't prep somebody, and then like three hours later they're like, oh, God, already it's just coming yeah. back," and then they're <laughs> like, "I guess I gotta warn somebody." It'd be weird if there was like a document or if there was some kind of tangible thing that they you were like, pass on "You need to read this." The ledger. Yeah. Of, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And strategies, because but it was really cool that that scene was one of my favorite scenes when he was explaining it to her because I was like, oh, fuck, this is creepy. Yeah, like where they were. I think they were in the Packard plant, and that was like, yeah, gross oh, <laughs> and like just really yeah, creepy. creepy. And the wheelchair gimmick of just it, you you can't see, you can only see what's behind her. Mm-hmm. And so when the when the camera turns with it, and you just see it in the background coming at you. I was like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> that that would have been a cool. I, I think that would have been a cool ending having her like. 30, 40 years later, she's like an older woman and she's like, I don't know, hanging out with her kids in the backyard and all of a sudden that something, someone starts walking down the street. And she's like, always a little on edge. Like, like maybe like, like w- that would be cool. Like, like it yeah. finally got back to her. Like, yeah, she had a pretty normal life for most of it, but it got through the rest of the people and now it's back. That would have been f- or awesome. Even, you don't even have to see it. Just like her as like an adult. And then you see her like just kind of always looking over her shoulder, kind of like. Yeah. On yeah. The lookout. Absolutely. There's, See, there's a lot of potential terrifying. ground to cover. I think those, right? to me, would have been way more satisfying ending wise than just because only... I don't. I don't think they left it quite ambiguous enough in the way that they did yeah. here, like you were saying, mm-hmm. Willie. But I, but I feel like they could have achieved uh, a similar feeling while adding more to it in the sense of maybe she's been lit maybe this is her 30 years later and she like that to me makes. I sense. thought the ending was kind of funny because of like this kind of just. Turned into like a love story, yeah. or it's like the end of like a of like a like a like a crabs medication commercial. They're like holding hands and everything. Like, I think I think one of the alternate such titles pump. one of the alternate titles on uh, IMDb is Paul gets out of the friend zone. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's amazing. I mean, the ending was kind of I just thought it was kind of silly. It didn't bother me, but I just thought it was funny. I'm like they're holding hands. They're kind of like yeah, this is our little demon that we'll just deal with together. I really love you. It's like, like a like a little pet. I wanted to talk, you brought up kind of, why didn't they Google Maps anything? I was really boggled, like it didn't, the technology in this movie didn't make sense to me. There's really weird notes of like, this girl has a compact, like it's it's like a, it's like a blush yeah. thing that is a Kindle a for some reason. But then every TV that you see is CRT TV and... I don't understand it why. It probably could have taken I, place in like the early 2000s for sure, late 90s. But but even the way like the way that they put together that Kindle reader thing like that to me feels like it's something that still isn't here. It's weird. It's really strange to me. Like I I want I want to know why he made those choices. Like what was he trying 
Like, I, I feel strange about it, so maybe it's another one of those things about the movie that's just kind of disconcerting to me, and it adds to that effect of... That might have been an effort to try and, and, and make the time, like, when it takes place a little more nebulous and ambiguous yeah. make you i mean obviously it's got to be post 2000 or something you know like like she's got technology like you said technology that but it's detroit so maybe people people can't afford flat screen yeah. i mean they they definitely felt like a lower middle class family yeah that's true they did have a nice pool little pool though yeah they did I don't know. Uh, it's I, I can see why you say that though. It is a little bit weird. It's just strange, and I like. I'm curious as to why. Like it, it feels it feels very intentional to me, and I, I don't. But then, like, is the compact Kindle reader? Is that that's kind of that might be an expensive thing. I don't know. I'm making a lot more out of it here than it really needs to be. But I'm just. But I can I can see why choice. that would make you scratch your head <laughs> a little I'm bit. I'm curious about the choice. It seems like something intentional. That's very much like. Why doesn't she just have a copy of the fucking book that she's reading? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, it's kind of an acknowledgement of the youth of today, but I don't think it's uncommon to see kids that have, like, one nice thing that their parents That's saved up for and bought them. Because they true. didn't have any other nice things. Grandma like, could have bought her. I'm not even sure who thing, had you know. cars in this movie. Just the one guy. Mm. So it's, it's all, it is a little vague. Yeah. You guys want to go up to Clark's and see if Paul's up there? Yes. <laughs> Checking with him, smoking weed by the dumpster. I one of the, I wanted. There were two other things I wanted to touch on. Number one, smoking weed. The fake out at the high school with the girl that's following them, the soccer player. Yes, that was cool. Is beautiful because you see her at the school, and then you see her in the next scene, and then you see her in the next scene. Oh, that was a different girl. I don't think girl, it was. Yeah, a hundred percent. The girl, the girl outside the school, and then the one in the soccer jersey. They were two completely different people. Definitely. I don't know. I don't know about the one you're talking about in between, but the one I think the one at the school was it, but the one obviously the one in the soccer field was not. But I do, I do actually think the one at the school was it. The old lady freaked me out. (laughs) Like that. I I think the creepiest one was the chick peeing on the floor. That was rough. That was gross. Yeah. Because that I liked that one only because this is a movie that doesn't rely on that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then so when it happened, it was just like uh, that moment actually let me down because I knew it was coming, and everyone in the audience knew it was coming. They were like, "She's gonna come in the corner, and it's gonna be there." And then it revealed it. And it was there, and it didn't scare me. Okay. And normally, it was telegraphed a bit too much for Exactly. You. And in some movies, you're 100% sure. You're like, it's coming, and there it is, but still it freaks you out. And there was something about that shot that wasn't quite scary. Enough. Okay. Like, she should have come around the corner, and you saw it, and it was a broken window, and then, like, boom, it came out from behind the fridge or something. Like, instead, it was just kind of there, right where I thought it would be. Or if it's climbing through the window as she looks. Right. That was an arm through the window or something yeah. creepy. Yeah. Also, the it never got as gross as the opening girl that got killed, and I yeah. wanted more of that like body breaking horror. Like that was really disgusting and really creepy. Yeah, it was interesting because I I I noticed whatever was going on with Greg was different than what happened. I think with with the the, the girl. beginning girl. Um, but I I kind of thought about it, I'm like you know maybe he, it didn't get to finish whatever job it was doing because. She was right there, so it's like okay, moving on. You know, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. I was wondering about that because I'm like, it looked it, like it was having sex with him, or yeah. trying to, or trying wanted to, yeah. Where clearly it was not. I don't think having sex with the girl that was on the beach because I don't. I mean, the weird thing, like when it walks into the, she sees it walk into the house. It looks like a guy. It's Greg. It's Greg. Yeah, yeah. I think chicks then, probably see it as dudes and dudes. Oh no, because she saw it as a woman a couple times. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So it's. I thought that too when we were watching it at first. Yeah. It's interesting. But the other thing I wanted to talk about, um, I felt like there were a few times, especially talking about Paul like driving past the hookers, and hmm. there was the scene of the main character on the beach looking at the boat. Right. I was like. For me, I was wondering, is she going to get in there and swim over to that boat and like try that, to entice these guys? That was the intention, I'm sure, it. was that she was going to sleep with those guys. So like, I felt like he did that a few times, and I just kind of wonder. They leave me wondering like what actually happened there, what was the point, and I think... You know, my thought was that they that she slept with the guys, and that I'm not sure about Paul sleeping with a prostitute. I didn't see that. But she definitely slept with at least one of those guys. I don't probably all of them. 
which is a really horrifying scene in its own right that she's forced to try and even consider to do that. But I, um, I got the vibe that that span of time during that portion of the movie, post the pool and microwaves being chucked at people and stuff, yep. um, that span of time I think is a lot longer than it seems. Yeah. I'd almost say it's six months to a year, and I, I feel like those people weren't adequately, adequately warned because how do you tell them that after you're done? <laughs> like, yeah. When you're out on a boat with them? <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way. Um, yeah, no, I think that that's... Uh, I think it's a longer span of time, and I think that... At this, at that point, those wh- whoever she had sex with is done. Like yeah. they've already been. And if Paul had slept with one of those prostitutes, then she's done too. Yeah. So that I, makes I thought sense. I thought that was interesting. I mean, they, they, it's it, like it's once again, it's, it's kind of vague. You're not quite sure how long time has passed, but I, I got the vibe that it was longer than what it seemed. So, yeah. Okay, I'm glad. I like. I didn't. I'm glad you guys don't think I'm insane for thinking. No, no. I mean, it's about those things, but no, it's it's valid. Okay. All right, I think that's about it. Amy, any any thoughts for spoiler Terry? <laughs> Just had like a major deja vu. It was super weird. <laughs> She's looking at stills from the movie. It follows. Yeah. Yeah, this guy and you guys talking like major deja vu. That's and strange. Then I think a drink started with drinking next to fluid. You guys know that's that? cool. No. Well, that's cool. Very exciting. Well, and then, <laughs> and then uh, Kim was saying that. She was an extra in his previous movie. Yeah, and and he it was a movie where there was some kind of dance studio, and he had made shirts for the dance studio. And apparently, one of the characters was wearing the shirt in the car. That's neat. So that's that's pretty He's cool. creating his own universe, Michigan <laughs> universe. It follows universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it follows verse. What's the name for the prequel? I know the sequel is They Follow, but it followed. It followed. It followed. <laughs> it will follow. They will follow. That's that's another interesting thing. What I mean, if there's, there's more than one? There's, yeah. that's a, are there more than one of these things out there? Like that's there's so much cool stuff to think about with this movie, and I think that that's a testament to the movie. <laughs> it's like I just I just read that how uh, the the myth of how James Cameron pitched Aliens. He walked into the to the room and wrote Alien on the board, and then put an S. He did with as a dollar sign. <laughs> and and then walked out basically, and they were like, "Let's Dropped make a mic. movie." Yeah, I think that was part of his pitch. From what I understand was he wrote Alien and then put an S on the end. Or they had had Alien 2 written on the board and he had just crossed out the 2 and put an S. Yeah. I mean, it's effective. (laughs) This man is genius. He spins gold out of nothing. (laughs) Camera Stiltskin. (laughs) Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltron. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yep, yep. No, there's a lot of we we made jokes outside the theater, uh, and I won't get too into it because uh, this is not an X-rated podcast. But there there are ways that you could solve this problem. I feel like, yes. and one of them is getting involved in in the adult film industry. Yeah, yeah, that's funny yeah. because it would spread like wildfire. You'd be good to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, plus those people go to conventions all over the world, right? Exactly. Under like adult yeah. convention, yeah. So you're good to go. I feel like that's a safe bet. Yeah, yeah they they'd be standing there going. It's just trapped at an intersection, just walking back and forth, going, wait, it's... <laughs> bouncing back and forth. Not, just updating its GPS. It gives up. God. It gives up. <laughs> I'm it done. Checks out. I quit. All you got to do is sponsor a few orgies, and then you have like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems fair. International mm-hmm. orgies. Yeah. So everybody just goes... Whoop. Spreads out. Go to the moon. It couldn't get you on the moon. That that was that was what I said. That was my... my I don't know if anybody on the pod... It couldn't get you on the moon? Why is that? You can't walk to the moon. Yeah, it it can only walk. Yeah. It just walks. That we know oh. of. Yeah. It just walks like oh. I guess if fast. it could fly, it why wouldn't it just fly, you. right? That was that it was flies. <laughs> <laughs> That was my um it hauls ass. <laughs> what if it like walked onto the space shuttle? <laughs> I don't know if we've yeah. talked about my wanted ending that. for law abiding citizen, which spoiler for, not really spoiler because it doesn't actually happen, but <laughs> yeah, I wanted Gerard Butler to just blow up the earth by the, the earth. end of the film. Yeah. <laughs> and for this movie it was I just wanted her to like move to the moon. Join NASA and yeah. the lunar colony. Moon unit. Yeah. Interstellar sequel. Yeah. <laughs> You go to another end of the universe, or to another universe. <laughs> the space time she, throw this she thing. Flies off. into a black hole to get away from. It. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's about it. What if it episode. just looked up and then it just started walking vertically? <laughs> <laughs> it can walk on the, any axis, <laughs> like Fez. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow.
All right. Uh, yeah, you think you get to the other side of the earth and it just goes boop and just turns the <laughs> earth and just walks down and then flips it back around. <laughs> oh. oh, man. We've ruined it now. Feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Write in let us know what you think of the show or the things that we talk about. Uh, go to iTunes or MidwestFilmNerds.com for all previous 120-plus bonus episodes and full show notes. Uh, at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Feedback, no, Facebook. <laughs> Midwest Film Nerds on Facebook and Vine, 248-7335-MFN, which is 248-7335-636. Give us a call, leave us a voicemail, we might play it on the show and talk about it. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Off to Clark's we go. Yep, we're going to Clark's. We're going to do a tour of It Follows sets. Seth, is it? Yep. Do this. Kyle XY, go watch a movie. Paul, who works at Clark's. <laughs>